0: Hello and welcome to Infinite Cast, a podcast.
1: The podcast. The
0: podcast. I'm Chris.
1: I'm Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: thought I'd throw you for a curve there. Still there. Yeah. You
1: can't fool me, bud.
0: <laughs> we're on a bit of a uh, time schedule for this episode because we have to go to a seafood brunch. We've got to go eat a bunch of seafood. I got to get some oysters in me. Uh, we are back in Florida uh the site of the iconic thunderstorm recording as <laughs> immortalized in part 42 of this very series a recording uh many have said is one of the uh greatest podcast <laughs> episodes of all time
1: yeah it's a real real shame that it hasn't been uh given its due in the uh in the uh the award season
0: when we reach the podcast centennial it'll it'll get the uh the recognition it I'm deserves. Will, I'm willing to wait. You yes. know?
1: All right. So l- let's just get into it, which I don't know if you remember, but last week we left off mid-sentence because we ended with an end note that was yes. a million pages long. Yes, yes, yes. In seven-point font. Mm-hmm. So let's finish that sentence and then see where else it takes us. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, we're, we're we're with Oren, if you remember, and Oren has just met a, a per- putatively Swiss hand model. Yes. After he dropped Helen steeply off at the airport. Great. After she grilled him about his family and he said he wouldn't answer any of her questions and then he answered all of her questions. Yes. His, her questions. All right. um, That, as he stood there after having received little other than a cool smile and a promise to try to say hello to Hallie with his forehead against the glass of the Westin back door or rather the Delta gate window, this incredible specimen had, unbidden, unstrategized, come up to him and started a lush, foreign-accented conversation and revealed professionally lovely hands as she rooted in her tripolymer bag to ask him to autograph for her toddler-aged son a cardinal souvenir football she had right there in her bag along Mm. with her Swiss passport.
0: Mm, Seems suspicious.
1: As if the universe were reaching out a hand to pluck him from the rim of the abyss of despair that any real sort of rejection or frustration of his need for some subject he'd picked out always threatened him with as if he'd been teetering with his arms windmilling at a great height without even idiotic red wings strapped to his back, and the universe were sending this lovely, steadying left hand to pull him gently back and embrace him, and not so much console him as remind him of who and what he was about, standing there embracing a subject with a sexual face for his sexual face. <laughs> no <laughs> Sexual <longer> face. <laughs> sexual face.
0: I love, uh, t- uh, Wallace loves describing things as teetering or toddling.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's all, he's all about that, that teeter life. Uh, no longer speaking, the football and pen on the neatly made bed, the two of them embracing between the bed and the mirror with a woman facing the bed so that Oren can see past her head, the large hanging mirror and the small framed photos of her Swiss family arrayed along the wood grain dresser below the window. Which takes us to EndNote 235. She'd arrayed the photos herself from her purse on the dresser. He hadn't asked her to. It added to the sense of synchronous mercy, a cosmic mm. kindness balancing out the jacuzzi's dead bird and the frigidly invasive reporter. So you remember, this is all... Oren's whole thing is like one day, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Because remember the bird f- yeah, fell yeah. into the jacuzzi and then he called Hal and told him about it. Yeah,
0: had, after his like meticulous wake-up ritual mm-hmm. with the honey toast.
1: Yes, with the honey toast. There you go.
0: Okay, and then he made... So then he... he... Talk, talk to Hal. Hal Helen,
1: or talk to Hal. Talk about, to Helen,
0: and then went to the interview with Helen, and now drove and dropped Helen her off at, at the airport. airport, and has now made it with a, a suspiciously beautiful and available Swiss woman, Swiss hand model.
1: Yeah, correct. Uh, the tubby-faced man and Swiss-looking kids all smiling trustingly into a nothing somewhere <laughs> up and to their right. They have shifted into a sexual mode. You asked me like several episodes ago if uh, David Foster Wallace was horny and I thought he was. Now I'm actually not so sure.
0: They have shifted into a sexual mode.
1: Her lids flutter. His clothes. There's a concentrated... It's like how
0: they're describing the queen dying as entering a new phase. Entering
1: a new phase. We've entered a sexual phase. Uh, There's a concentrated tactile languor. (laughs) She is left-handed. It is not about consolation. They start the thing with each other's buttons. It is not about conquest or forced capture. It is not about glands or instincts or the split-second shiver and clench of leaving yourself, nor about love or about whose love you deep down desire, by whom you feel betrayed. Not a never love, which kills what needs it. It feels to the punter rather to be about hope, an immense wide as the sky hope of finding a something in each subject's fluttering face, a something the same that will propitiate hope, somehow, pay its tribute, the need to be assured that for a moment he has her, now has won her, as if from something or some someone or something else, something other than he, but that he has her and is what she sees and all she sees, that it is not conquest but surrender, that he is both offense and defense and she neither, nothing but this one second's love of her, of her, spinning as it arcs his way, not his but her love, that he has it, this love, his shirt off now in the mirror, that for one second she loves him too much to stand it, that she must, she feels, have him, must take him inside or else dissolve into worse than nothing, that all else is gone, that her sense of humor is gone, her petty griefs, triumphs, memories, hands, career, betrayal, the deaths of pets, that there is now inside her a vividness vacuumed of all but his name. Oh, oh, that he is the one. God, this is so annoying. (laughs) Uh... I hate this. (laughs) Yes. Um, this is not just not horny, but anti-horny. Uh,
0: remember that movie we watched, End of the Tour, that uh, basically the plot of which is David Foster Wallace is a once-in-a-generation uh, unrivaled genius of the written word. If only he wasn't horny for this one <laughs> woman who, was also, who the, his interviewer was also horny for. Horny
1: for another another nerd. Yes. <laughs> well, this is why maybe one subject is never enough, why hand after hand must descend to pull him back from the endless fall. For were there for him just one, now special and only, the one would be not he or she, but what was between them, the obliterating, tr- uh, obliterating trinity of you and I into we. <laughs> Orrin felt that once and has never recovered and will never again. And about contempt, it is about a kind of hatred too, along with the hope and need, because he needs them, needs her, because he needs her, he fears her, and so hates her a little, hates all of them. "'A hatred that comes out disguised as a contempt "'he disguises in the tender attention "'with which he does the thing with her buttons, "'touches the blouse as if it, too, were part of her and him, "'as if it could feel. "'They have stripped each other neatly. "'Her mouth is glued to his mouth. "'She is his breath, his eyes shut against the sight of hers.' They are stripped in the mirror, and she, in a kind of virtuoso jitterbug that is 100% New World, uses O's uneven shoulders as support to leap and circle his neck with her legs, and she arches her back and is supported her weight by just one hand at the small of her back as he bears her to bed, as would a waiter a tray. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) Neck? (laughs) Whatever. I'm, like, not quite sure how that works. All right, let's keep going because that was annoying. Um I have more thoughts about that at the okay. end. Okay, it's not
0: a, a great sex scene. You know there there used to be that award for like worst or like clumsiest sex scene in yeah. literature? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I believe a a British paper like um the Observer or the Independent or something gave it out. Yeah. I used to read them.
0: Sex scenes in books. I, okay, I just want to talk about sex scenes in books versus sex scenes in movies, and talk about like the the genius of, of but, the auteur. Button that later. Yeah. Button that. We'll, we'll do that at the end,
1: Un- or rather, unbutton it. Ha 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 ha. Humph. Humph. Uh, I have to do this. I have to do a voice because this guy's foreign, and I don't want to make fun of the foreignness. But I'm going to do a voice. Hope I, that's okay.
0: Yeah, I just want to point out that there's a, a BMW parked on the court. Uh, of this tennis match that we're watching in the background to illustrate that it is sponsored by BMW. (laughs)
1: Well, how else would you know what the car looked like? (laughs) Well, in excess of a thousand pardons for my collision. Arslanian? Is that you? It is I. Idris Arslanian. Who is this other? (laughs) It's Ted Schacht, Id. Why the blindfold? Where I've come, please. I became disoriented upon a set of stairs. I became panicked. I nearly removed my blindfold. Where are we? I detect many odors. You're just off the weight room in the little hall off the tunnel that isn't the little hall that goes to the sauna. Why the blindfold, though? And the origin is the sound of hysterical weeping and moans? This is... It's Anton Doucette in there. He's in there clinically depressed. Lyle's trying to buck him up. Some of the crueler guys are in there watching like it's entertainment. I got disgusted. Somebody in pain is an entertainment. I did my sets. Now I'm a vapor trail. <laughs> you exude vapor? Always nice running into you, Ed. Oh wait, please conduct me upstairs or into the locker for a lavatory visit. The blindfold I am wearing is experimental on the part of Thorpe. You are told of the visually challenged player who will matriculate. The blind kid from like Nowheresburg, Iowa? Dempster? Dimfna He's not coming in till next term. He delayed. Ink said they said. Dural edema or something. Though age only nine, he is in his Midwest, rankings, er, his Midwest regions ranking of 12 and belows, Highly ranked. Coach Thorpe tells this. Well, I'd say for a blind, soft-skulled kid, he's real high-ranked, yeah. But Dimfna, I hear Thorpe tell that the highness of the ranking may be due to the blindness itself. Thorpe and Texas Watson were who scouted this player. I wouldn't mention the name Watson near that weight room in there if I were you. Thorpe tells that his excellence of play is scouted by them to be his anticipation, as in the player Dimfna arrives at the necessary location well before the opponent player's ball, through anticipation. I know what anticipation is, Id. Thorpe tells to me that this excellence in anticipation in the blind is because of hearing and sounds, because sounds are merely hear. Please read the comment I have carefully notated upon this folded piece of paper. Sound merely variations in intensity. Throp. Throp? It was meaning Thorpe in excitement. He tells that one may, per force, judge the opponent player's VAPS, which takes us to EndNote 236, ETA shorthand, vector, angles, pace, spin. (laughs) Back to the text. VAPS in more detail by the ear than the eye. This is experimental theory of Thorpe. This is uh, explaining why the highly ranked Dymphna (laughs) appears to have always floated by magic. Fuck, I keep getting all these texts. To the necessary spot where a ball is soon to land. Thorpe tells this in a convincing manner. Perforce. Remember, I just read perforce in a piece of writing. (laughs) I'll talk about that after, too. That this blind person is able to judge the necessary spot of landing by the intensity of the sound of the ball against the opponent player's string. Instead of watching the contact and then imaginatively extending the beginning of its flight, like those of us hobbled by sight. (laughs) I, Idris Arslanian, am compelled with Thorpe's telling which helps explain the blindfold. I therefore experiment with volunteer blindness, training the ear in degrees of intensity in play. Today versus whale, I was wearing the, the blindfold to play. How'd it go? Not as well as hoped. <laughs> I frequently faced the wrong direction for play. I frequently judged the intensity of balls struck on adjacent courts and ran onto adjacent courts, intruding on play. You sort of wondered what all the ruckus was down there at the 14's end. Thorpe tells that training the ear is a process of time, in encouragement. Well, later, Id. Stop! Wait before leaving! Please conduct me to a lavatory! Ted checked. are you as yet there? In silence. Are you as yet there? I very... Watch where you're going, kid, for Christ's sake. Who is this, please? Trolch, James L., slightly doubled over. It is I, (laughs) Idris Arslanian. (laughs) Sorry. Wearing a rayon handkerchief as a blindfold over my features. I'm disoriented and wishing badly for a lavatory. Wondering also what is ensuing inside the weight room where Shaq alleges you are all watching Doucette weep in clinical depression. Kurtwang! Just kidding, ours, It's really Mike Pemulus. <laughs> then you, Mike Pemulus, may even now be questioning why is this blindfold upon Idris Arslanian? <laughs> what blindfold? Ours, no. You're wearing a fucking blindfold, too? You, Mike Pemulis, are also wearing a blindfold? Just ker-twanging on your brother.
0: <laughs> Imagine you're doing, like, finger guns.
1: Yeah, Ker-twang. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you just got ker-twanged. ker-twanged by Mike Pemulis. <laughs> I became disoriented on a stairway, then conversed with Ted Schacht. I'm suspecting I do not trust your sense of laughter enough to conduct me back upstairs. You should feel your way in, and for just one second, see the amount of high-stress sweat Lyle's taking off Anton the Booger Doucette, in there, ours. Oh, do you remember what the problem is with Anton Doucette? He has a mole near his nose that everyone mistakes for a booger. Okay. (laughs) So that's why everyone, and he's starting to suspect that people might call him, be calling him the booger, and he's very upset. Okay. Doucette... (laughs) Doucette is the two-hand player whose mole appears to be material from a nostril, clinically depressing Doucette at its appearance. Raj on the mole, except that's not what's depressing the booger this time. This one we decided we'd describe him as more like anxiously depressed than depressed. One can be depressed of different types? Boy, are you young, Ars. The booger's got himself convinced he's going to get the academic boot. He's been on Proby this whole year since apparently some trouble last year with Thorpe's cubular trig. I am sympathizing with this in Toto. And, but now, uh, and but except now, he claims he's close to flunking in Watson's laughable energy survey class, which would obviously mean the old boot at term's end if he really does flunk. He's thought himself into a brain lock of anxiety. He's in there clutching his skull with Lyle and Mario and some of the like less kind guys in there have a pool going on whether Lyle can pull him back from the brink. Texas Watson, the pro-rector, teaching of energy and models of resource scarcity and resource plenty. Ours, I'm nodding in confirmation. Fossil fuels all the way up to annular fusion slash fission cycles. DT (laughs) lithiumization, so on and so forth. All on a real superficial type level. Since Watson's (laughs) basically got like a little liquid-filled nubbin at the top of his spine where his brain ought to be.
0: This school sounds so bad.
1: So bad. (laughs) Texas Watson does not overwhelm with brightness, it is true. But Doucette's got himself convinced he's got this insurmagulant conceptual block that keeps him from grasping annulation, even superficially. After we converse, you will conduct me to mixturate, please. Mixturate? Can I look this up on my phone? Yes, like, what does mixturating mean? Is it like, is it urinating? Well, now I've, I've fucked it up. Yeah, uh, I, I can do it. Thank you, please. Urinate. Yes. Formal. <laughs> Urinate. <laughs> Formal. Uh, it's the same sort of block some people get with the mean value theorem or in optics when we get to color fields. At a certain level of abstraction, it's like the brain recoils.
0: I have felt that way about certain parts of AP physics.
1: Absolutely. Causing pain of impact within the skull, resulting in clutching the head. Watson's gone the extra click with him. Watson's good-hearted, if nothing else. He's tried flashcards, mnemonic rhymes, even claymation film strips from over at Ringe Latin Remedial. For me, it was when, uh, talking about rotational physics the idea that if a
0: wheel is rotating the angle of its force comes out at you perpendicular mm-hmm. to the a- axle mm-hmm. that was a concept that was just so mind blowing to me that i could not conceptually wrap my head around it and like got every single question about uh, rotational physics wrong
1: <laughs> i mean probably same I-, I definitely don't understand it but who needs it who cares it's gravity I'm working with one one force at a time here, people. Uh, You are saying without a veil. I'm saying apparently the boogster just sits there in class, eyes bugging out, stomach in fucking knots, dope slapped by anxiety. I'm saying frozen. You are saying recoiling. The right side of his face frozen in this anxiety tick, envisioning any possible tennis career as with these little wings on it flying off, talking all kinds of crazy, self-injuring, anxious depression talk. It all started with him and Mario and me in the sauna, him breaking down, me and Mario trying to talk him out of the crazy, washed up at 15 type depressed talk, Mario exploiting a previous like therapeutic bond with the kid from about the mole, then with me putting DT annulation in broad stroke terms, a freaking invertebrate could have understood for Christ's sake, just about passing out from the sauna all through this, finally taking him into Lyle, even with the 18 still doing circuits in there, Lyle's working with the booger now. Between the anxiety and the marathon sauna time, it's a real feeding frenzy for old Lyle, let me tell you. I, too, confess experiences of anxiety for annulation with Tex Watson, though I am trivially 13 and not yet required to grapple in hard science. (laughs) Mario and the sauna kept telling Doucette to just imagine somebody doing somersaults with one hand nailed to the ground, which, what the fuck is that? And lone surprise didn't help the booger a whole lot. Imagine someone doing somersaults with one hand nailed to the ground. Yes. Okay. We've heard that before. We've heard that before.
0: Yes. In the annular fusion chapter with the mattress moving. The mattress. Yes. The
1: uh, doorknob. um, Yes. That has fallen off or something like that. Uh, (laughs) Did not do, did not part the veil of Maya. Didn't do jack. Annular energy cycles are intensively instruct my home nation believes don't know what his home nation is armenia arslanian would suggest armenian but idris would suggest uh nigerian
0: N- maybe he's nigerian uh, uh armenian
1: maybe but my whole message to Boog was that DT cycles aren't that all that fucking hard if you don't paralyze your brain with Career with Wings brain cartoons. The extra hot breedering and lithiumization stuff gets hairy, but the whole fusion slash fish and waste and en- annulation thing in Toto, you can imagine is nothing but a huge right triangle. <laughs> you are presaging to give the thumbnail lecture. Commit this one simple model to your little pakistani ram cells okay (laughs) and you're you'll tap dance right through watson's kitty physics and up into optics which is where the abstracto conceptual fur really flies kid let me tell you i am one of the seldom of my home nation whose talents are weak in science unhappily this is why god also gave you quick hands and a wicked lob off the back end though (laughs) just picture a kind of massive pseudo cartographic right triangle which takes us to end note 237 The NW to NE angle at the former Montpelier VT isn't quite 90, but it is very close. By the way, the Syracuse-Ticonderoga-Salem triangle is one of those endless-based 25-130-25 triangles that look so hideous when projected onto one of Corbett Thorpe's distorting globes in the Trivium's cubular trigonometry. Back to the text. You've got your central, impregnately guarded Onan-Sunstrand waste-intensive fusion facility up in what used to be Montpelier and what used to be Vermont in the concavity. From Montpelier, the process is waste's piped to two sites, one of which is that blue glow at night up by the Methuen fan complex just south of the concavity, right flush up against the wall and Checkpoint Pongo, which our tall and sleep-depriving fans in our area point at to blow away from the south. Roger that where the Toxofusion's waste plutonium fluorides refined into plutonium-239 and uranium-238 and fissioned in a standard, if somewhat hot and risky, breeder system, much of the output of which is waste U-239, which gets piped or catapulted or long, shiny trucked way up to what used to be Loring AFB, Air Force Base, near what used to be Presque Isle, Maine, where it's allowed to decay naturally into neptunium-239 and then plutonium-239, and then added to the UF4 fractional waste, also piped up for Montpelier, then fissioned in a purposefully ugly way, in such a way as to create, like, hellacious amounts of highly poisonous radioactive wastes, which are mixed with heavy water and specially heated zirconium piped through uh, specially heavily guarded heated (laughs) zirconium pipes back down to Montpelier as raw materiel, for the massive poisons needed for toxic lithiumization and waste intensus and annular fusion, my head is spinning on its axis. Uh, should we stop there? Uh, I mean, we're for a little discussion. Yeah, before we're pos- we need to... post
0: twenty. How much longer does this go? Uh,
1: quite a bit. Quite a bit. W-
0: quite a bit about drawing about annular fusion. Quite a
1: bit about drawing about annular fusion. All right. Fusion.
0: Well, sorry for for doing a short one today, but uh, yeah, we do we do have to go get seafood, and we would like to discuss. Uh Ugh. okay, so the thing that I wanted to say about that sex scene yeah. is go off, you team. know, we've uh we've we're in like these constant cycles of people complaining slash supporting sex scenes in movies. Yes. And I, I just wanted to note that I think uh, you know, movies can be uniquely horny in a way that it's very difficult for books to be. Yes. Uh and that somehow writing about eroticism. De eroticizes it in a way where making a movie about eroticism like makes it more erotic. Height, heightens it. Yes. And it like I think that the best directors have a a kind of like carnalism to them. Yes. Where it is best to imagine them sitting behind the camera with like a big bead of sweat on their Boy, forehead want, being, yeah. like, being like, yes, yeah, more fleshy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now pan the camera slowly up her body. You know, like that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Where, like, even the best writers writing about sex, it it just conjures, like, a decrepit old man sitting in a stack of, like, dusty papers being like, if I was ever to see a woman, this is what I imagine it would be like. (laughs) You know how, like, illuminated manuscript writers would, like, make, would, like, draw hippopotamuses in the, in, uh, like, monks in, in, like, you know, castles in Ireland or whatever would, like be copying a a Bible verse that mentions a hippopotamus and then try to draw it by by just imagining what it was and, and it, it always looks horrifying. like a fat cat or something. You know, you know That's what, th- what writers writing about sex is like.
1: You know what I think to to draw on your your metaphor a little bit. Mm-hmm. It is like um you know when they found the bones. They like someone got like a lion and brought it back. Yes. So the, you know, it was a taxidermy, The yeah, first yeah. attempt at taxidermy of a lion without having seen the lion. Yeah. And it looks like a crazy like stuffed animal that like it a looks perverse like a, like a
0: cat built like a horse.
1: When you reconstruct sex, which let's face it, kind of a sublime act, kind of hard to describe, yeah. but then also extremely comedically, simple. physically simple. Yeah. It, you just end up you end up in a bad spot. Yeah. It's sex looks cool, but it sounds weird. Yes. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. If, yeah, when you're trying to
0: narrate it, especially when you're trying to rhapsodize about it,
1: rhapsodize and turn it into something spiritual, which again it yeah. is and it can be. And uh, you know, David Foster Wallace, I do think you know he's got there was a quote from um from the end of the tour from the book the the end that turned into the movie the end of the tour where he's talking about like uh the profound feeling of, like, loneliness that all human beings have and how you can distract yourself with it from, like, cheap sex and, like, movies with explosions in it and all that stuff. But then, you know, where you really start to reckon with yourself is when you have, like... Deep spiritual sex, which again is like when he says it, I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. But then when it turns into like describing someone's like sexual mode, he's got. Yeah, we have he's,
0: entered a sexual. We've mode. gone sexual sir, mode, sir. We have entered the uh, sir, sexual mode, sir.
1: Her eyelids are fluttering. She seems like she's she's down for it. Let's 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 get into the next mode. It,
0: it is uh, activate the sexual mode. I
1: don't know. It's it's awkward to me, and I think
0: it is supposed to be awkward. It's supposed to be awkward in a certain way, but it's still uh it still gets a come on, man. <laughs> from, from me especially, especially it's one of the
1: only sex scenes in the book
0: especially considering how harrowing and evocative I know he can be like it, I almost interjected this as we were discussing it being being like uh, like, uh, go back to the dog murder part, <laughs> part. right he can we, extremely
1: descriptively luridly comedically describe yeah. a sociopath who murders animals in backyards on his walk back from uh, his daily AA meeting
0: in, in, a, in a way that is like like wrenching and like, yeah. and you're like, visceral. oh, look, visceral and like, oh my god, like this is so evocative. And then he's discuss- discussing this coupling, and <laughs> it feels just like trying to clunk the square peg into the round hole. Yeah. Which again, I, I guess that's probably what he's trying to do is to ta- discuss the awkwardness, the alienated nature that Orin is feeling a- yeah. about this. But yeah. it's still
1: even there. It's like, oh. He, yeah, he brought her to bed like a waiter delivering a tray of drinks. What? And there's also so there's a little easter there's a little Easter egg in there. You pointed out that it is a bit too good to be true that a young a young sexy Euro Swiss mom model, would yeah. have just appeared at the precisely right moment. Uh-huh. And my the the Easter egg in that is that you know she's Swiss, but uh the way that she like leaps into like leaps onto his neck is is new world uh-huh. well what is wh- here's here's my question swiss where do they what do they speak in uh, what languages do they speak? well in... it
0: depends what part of the country because it is a combination of german italian and french
1: okay well maybe the last one might be I what I, I, get, I get where you're going at. and uh where do they speak france where do they speak french in the new world quebec we oui. Uh, he's yes. He or it is getting, chew on that for a little while.
0: Uh, or it is getting uh worked by these uh these Québécois. Yeah,
1: he, he is getting wrecked from both sides of the uh concavity slash convexity. Yeah. Uh, and then we go
0: back uh to this goofy bit uh uh back at the the um the tennis academy, and I do like the uh the I guess not even that subtle, like every time we learn more about the academic program at the uh tennis academy it just sounds more insane Insane it's completely useless yes this energy class that they're taking
1: (laughs) is that the only classes that they take are basically either like the interest of either himself or avril of like intense grammar film and entertainment like lens stuff optics, extremely high concept and then nuclear (laughs) nuclear like fission like what the fuck yes but Pemulus is right in that he's like you don't have to try I think the Pemulus approach makes sense and was the way that I basically got through physics which is that I don't don't try to think about what is actually happening just memorize what's happening. Yes. Mem- memorize the you uh, process.
0: Uh, you don't have to conceptually understand something which is again where I think I got myself into a, a head brain be- lock a, a head crunching brain lock it's yeah. like trying to Come to some kind of natural understanding where I where I felt like the physics flowed through me. Yes, and I was seeing the matrix of seeing the seeing the matrix of the physics. Uh, yeah. And instead, just be be like, if if you know you see ro- we'll rotate in in figure A, yeah. apply formula B. Do not think, just do.
1: Yeah, don't know, don't know, just flow.
0: But that's how my brain works. I think that's where I also got caught up in languages. Uh, where I never felt like a natural understanding, a natural processing of a foreign language. And I was always caught in this weird nether uh, region where I couldn't do the rope memorization that well. But n- neither did I f- feel a natural yeah. understanding of the flow of the language. And so I was, again, feeling that square peg round hole feeling where I'm like, I can't memorize this shit well enough to just do fill, yeah. out, fill out the formula. Nor do I... <laughs> feel the conceptual flow of the language and and so I'm always like stumbling in the dark of learning a language yeah I don't know if that makes sense but that's how I always thought that about just makes la- sense language
1: well the the other callback I wanted to say in terms of just letting something flow through you rather than driving yourself nuts don't ask why if you don't want to die do as you're told uh, and, if, then, and then then you'll, you'll get grow, old yeah, the, <laughs> if you want to grow old yeah It all it's it all comes back to this 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 question of both tennis and sobriety yeah uh-huh. You just got to let it, let it happen. Let it happen. Get, it, get into a flow state. Let it happen.
0: Um, yes. Any, anything else? Uh, oh, did you want to mention that? Th- where, where
1: did you see that word? Oh, in Ta- Talia Lavin's, uh, sandwich, oh, uh, God, blog. Yes. She, what, what was it? Perforce? Perforce, yes. She used the word perforce and I was just like, uh, my, my eyes in, involuntarily rolled into the back of my head and I went, ah, give me a break oh brother uh I, I
0: i try to refrain from calling out specific people uh unless they are much more notable than me um who are just other people online but if you if you want to see some some real cracker jack sweaty writing uh I would highly recommend checking out the tally eleven uh sandwich if you, if it's, you it's, ever it's wanna, honestly a kind of a work of art but i'm not in the way that she intends
1: it's it honestly might be camp um it's just—it's very funny. I've never just—I've never seen food writing that is so anti-food and anti-writing. It seems to make a mockery of both the concepts of food and writing. Talk I and it's mean, about it's, sandwiches, my favorite thing in the entire <laughs> world. I should like it. Talk
0: about talk about a uh, uh, square pig round hole. The the writing uh, to maybe use another metaphor. It is the writing equivalent of of. Pushing, pushing on a pool door to try to get through it.
1: <laughs> why? Why isn't this opening? <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, I, think would, I think it, it would out. be a good pairing with with this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, see what it's all about. All right. Should we, uh, should we sign off? Yeah, Sorry for a, the short th- episode. We'll, we'll be back soon. Well, with, we got uh, to 32 minutes. I think yeah. that
0: that's fine. Uh, we'll hopefully squeeze in another one in the next few days yeah. uh, to get it to you next week when I am on tour. Uh, the beginning of the tour, or actually, we have we'll be with each other through the end of the week. we yeah, can figure, we can out figure it time. out. And then we might have to skip one more week past Sorry. this, or we'll we'll just get one in like on that Monday when I get back. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we'll be back with you soon. Thanks uh, for uh, thanks for listening. Go back and listen to part forty-two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thunder the thunderstorm recording. That's a really good episode. Yeah. Thunderstorms. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye.